Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. That's what we are busy with at the moment. And we're taking eight weeks just to speak on this, almost say, on this field of theology, the words and works of Jesus. Um, Most theologians will tell you that in any given scripture, whether it's Old or New Testament, Christ is in there. You know, if you read in the Old Testament, you open your heart, you read through a portion um, there should be a way to see the work and the will of Christ in there. What we are doing now is we specifically look at his words and works. And we're speaking through it. It doesn't build on one another. So you can bring someone in week five and it will make sense for them. It's more like popcorn, service, uh, popcorn sermons. Okay, We go to different places. Um, and so tonight we're going to talk about a Pharisee, a sinner, and a parable. That's where we are going. Just to give a little bit of a background to put tonight's sermon in its place. The Christian faith is is an overcoming faith. Amen? It's a faith where Scripture is very clear that when God is in us and we follow His will, we are able to do incredible things. Incredible things. I mean, there's a lot of Scriptures that that speaks on that, you know. Um, He who has started the work in you will finish it. All right? Um, greater works than I've done, you will do. Greater is he that's living in me than he that is in the world. And and so it goes, okay? And it is 100% true. God can do magnificent things through human beings. Gideon, 300 men, defeats an army in the Midianites. They take 1% of the guys that sign up to fight. That's the God we serve. And so there's this warrior heart in us that can overcome. We can overcome sin. Did you know that? Do you know that you can overcome the sin that is waging a war against your life at this moment? You can also overcome the brokenness that you received because someone else sinned against you, which is often the hardest bitterness to stomach because why did it happen to me? Sometimes sin happened to you. It comes upon you through another human. That's the world we live in. Even that heartache you can overcome. Did you know that? So you can do amazing things through God. And now tonight, I want to go to the heart of each warrior. Because even though we are quite robust in the faith, okay, And with God, we can scale a wall and run against an army. We we can do amazing things. In us, there's this vulnerable heart, pop, pop, beating. The sinful, broken heart. Robust on the outside with the fire of the Spirit helping us, God sending us. And yet on the inside, there's this place that when we go to our inner room and we bow before God and we are honest, we'll say, you know what, God, I'm actually nothing these two parts and tonight I'm going to focus a little bit more on that vulnerable part and I just wanted to 
paint a little bit of a bigger picture so that when we get to this heart that you don't think what I'm saying is the believers is timid. It's not what I'm saying. We're not timid. It's just there's a, there's a place in us that's very vulnerable. Let, let's read together. We're going to read a portion of scripture. We're going to dissect it a bit. And we're going to end with three truths for tonight. Say three. Three. Awesome. Give the person sitting next to you a high three. <laughs> I hear no claps. <laughs> you can turn to Luke 36 if you've got your Bible here. Yeah? Ah, next week you can have your own one. Uh, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that Jesus was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. Okay, now listen. We read over these things very quickly. How, how, how long does the average woman take to do their hair in the mornings? I've got one living in my home. I've got a guesstimate. But I, I mean, some ladies, I would guess at least a half an hour. Am I wrong? Lorenzo says, Bob, the two but now imagine this. Imagine taking your hair and wiping someone's feet that's been walking outside. It's crazy. Scripture. I mean, the Bible is so alive. If we just open our eyes and our heart. In any case, let me not go on a ten tangent. We'll have a few later. And kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment that, that obviously she carried with her. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, it's, it's a funny, this man is like, oh, if he was a prophet, he would know who this woman is, but he knows what he's thinking at that moment. And he, he answers his thoughts. He says, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 50, 500 denarii, and the others 50. And when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of them both. Now, which of them will love him more? And Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But he who is forgiven loves little. 
And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Let those who were at the table, and then those who were at the table with him begin to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in, in peace. Um, if we could just go one slide back to um, 37. Let me just mention this. This verse indicates, and most commentators will agree, that this woman did not come to faith at that moment. There was a moment where she encountered Christ beforehand. Okay? She's been forgiven much, and so she came and loved much. Okay? It was not the love that saved her, because we cannot be saved by works. We cannot be saved by rubbing Jesus' feet and crying on it. That would be a work. There's something that happened. Some argue, is she the woman that was caught in adultery where the men picked up the stones? Okay? We don't know for, for certain. Okay? But something happened in her life which enabled her to come and love much. She was already an example. Are you with me? Just keep it in mind. It's very important because we can't get this the other way around. You can't do anything to be saved. Once you are saved, many things comes up. Now let's go for a deeper look into this section. We're quickly going to browse over it again. I'm going to stop and do some running commentary on it, setting a stage, and then we're going to land our three points for tonight. Now, one of the Pharisees asked him. Now, that word asked in the Greek is a very interesting word because it's the word asked, but the connection is desire. So another way to say it is the man, the Pharisee Simon, desired that Jesus would come and eat with him. And so what we see here is we see a Pharisee, and we know what they're known for. They're known for, for, for pressing against Christ, also crucifying him at the end, uh, pressing against John the Baptist and God's disciples. Yet we see a man who's, who's got a desire to be with Christ. And so there's a lot of debate around it, but it looks like this man does not have a cynical reason for inviting Christ. He wants him. It's like his spirit is drawn to Christ. Now, we can't speak for his audience because there's a lot of Pharisees there, but this man that invited Christ is also the man who's engaging in the conversation. And it looks like he really wants to know and understand. We see it in this word he desired. We also see when Jesus said, Simon, I have something to say to you that he says, say it, teacher. All right? Where many times when Jesus spoke, they turned their faces away. In any case, make a note. The other important thing here is the heart of Jesus, who once again sees fit to go into the den of the Pharisees, where he gets these stares, where, he's, where they're trying to set him up for failure, where they're trying to make a case against him. He goes in, why? That's the shepherd. You see, he goes in the rough terrain to find one sheep. He will go amongst a hundred Pharisees to reach one. He will scale walls and go through obstacles to find you. And if you are here, know this, he battled past your sin to reach you. And here is our shepherd in the home of a Pharisee where you always get these glares and glances for the hope that one might change his heart. That's the God we serve. I mean, it's just... That should blow you away. We can stop a sermon here. 
Very interesting thing. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner comes into the room. I mean, just think about it. Imagine you're having, her, you're having a nice little lunch at home, and here comes people walking into your house. I mean, what's up with that? <laughs> interesting. The Eastern culture is a very interesting culture. It's a very open and transparent culture. So what probably was the case is that when they had these meetings, they had the doors of the homes open. We see it in their culture. And what would happen is people would come in off the streets. Um, they would obviously know who's the who's who's, and they want to know what's being said. And so after going to the temple, they'll go to different homes, and people will walk in, and they will find a secondary place to sit, probably maybe against a wall. They sit against a wall, and it would be for them like TV, because they didn't have DSTV back then, okay? You had sheep watching in the fields or, or this. And so coming into this guy's home and seeing him chatting, you pick up what's going on in the city. So it's, it's almost like a little bit of to, to, to spread news. You know, what's going on? Um, you sit and you listen to smart people. And so for people to be there, it's not a shock. It is a shock, however, for this woman to walk in because she's a known sinner. She's a known sinner. They know she's a sinner. Why do they know? To probably they know that she's a sinner because she's got a public sin. And the best chance, which most people agree on, is that this woman is a prostitute. Because you see, she's got her working equipment with her as well. If there's one thing, please don't imagine yourself as a prostitute, but <laughs> think about it logically. There's one thing that's important in your trade. When someone comes near, smell. What does she carry? Most expensive oil. It's her trade. She must smell nice and she will spend a lot of her earnings to fill up the fragrance that she needs to apply to her own body. And this is what she has when she comes into the room. Everything fits. And standing behind him, next verse, at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet. Now, I've got some props. <clears throat> I've got two here. Yes. So, she was not under a table where the guys was eating. You need to understand, okay? What happened at that time, if, imagine the, the table being here. They had recliners. Now, this would not be an accurate reflection, but it'll give you an idea. And so, probably they were, they were eating like this. <laughs> you see why I'm dressed in my civvies? And so, you just make sure that if, if you've got friends with long arms, that you're close enough to, to grab. And, and typically, you'll, you'll lay like this. And so that will be the middle point. Think like a wheel with all the spokes going out. Because why? You've, you've walked here with those feet. All right? No cause. And so the feet is the furthest away from a table. Also, we tell our kids these days to wash our hands. Okay? Then you, you not only wash your hands, also your feet. Because you don't have toilets like we have. So when you go to the place where you do the toilet thing, you walk there, and if you don't have a good aim, it's on your feet. 
And so it's very important when you come to eat that you get your feet away from the, from the table. The missions knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Malawi missions. And so for her to reach his feet is quite easy because it's far away and it's not like she has to press in between them. Does that make sense? And so she's got the feet for herself and she starts ministering to Jesus. Now, what you need to understand, we're giving a lot of context before we land these truths. Are you guys still with me? Okay, cool. Um, when you've got a known prostitute, all right, coming into this place, and she comes and sits here at the feet of Peter, and she will not move, and everyone knows what she does on the outside, and now she will, she's crying at his feet. What are you thinking? Why does this woman know this man so well that she will not move an inch away from his feet? What is up? I mean, she's drying his feet with her hair. She is crazy. And she knows this guy. And some of the Pharisees are thinking, we've got you. He's just allowing her to go on. He will not push her away. Even Simon, maybe the one that likes Jesus, like, oh, if he knew, if he knew, he would quickly get up and go, no, he's chilling and she's busy with his feet and he's saying, can I tell you a story? We can thank God that Christ is not ashamed of our sin. Imagine you don't have to give your heart to God in a church. But for a lot of us, uh, who of you had your first encounter with God in a church? Just, okay. So, so for a lot of us, you have to come. Imagine as you came, he, he drew away. Imagine as you bring your heart, Lord, and he's like, no, he does not move. The Pharisees will move. You and I will maybe move away, but not him. He sits. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Let's read it again. We must be a church full of the word of God. Amen. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500. There's a story in the other 50. A denarius is, a one, is one day's work. Okay. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? And the man answered, She's still there at his feet because he hasn't dismissed her yet. He will. The one I suppose whom he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus said, Simon, you have answered or judged rightly. Then he said, Simon. So he, he says to Simon, he asks him this question. Simon says, the, the person who has got the most sin forgiven will love most. Jesus says, that's correct. Then what does Jesus say? Look at the woman. Who loves me more? <laughs> Simon. This woman or you? That's a question. And Jesus says, 
Do you see this woman? And then he's got this list. You didn't anoint me, she anointed me. You didn't wash me, she washed me. Now, here is the thing that we need to get tonight. It's very, very important before we land our three points. Is Jesus saying, if mathematically you could count sin, imagine you could do it. Imagine there's a way you could plug something, I don't know, into your ear and then like at the Mercedes garage, and you put it out, there's your sin count for your life. Huh? You're, you'll make money with that thing. Before you marry someone, you're like, oh no, God no, and then you, and then <laughs> you walk. Um, no, it doesn't work like that. Is he saying, for example, it could be done that if there's a person with more sin, that they would love Christ more. So if you, if you were kind of hidden from sin in your life, like you, the parents didn't have a TV and there wasn't a lot going on and you were all alone, then you met Jesus, does it mean that you will not be able to love him as much as someone who went into drugs and all other trades? Is, is that what the scripture is saying? It's difficult, but the answer is no. It's not what he's trying to say. Because on the outside... Follow me here. It looks like this woman is a worse sinner than Simon. Are you with me? It looks like that. It can be, I mean, surely you can, you can talk about this woman. Oh, you know what she does. But here's the thing. What did Christ have to say about hypocrites? Those are sin we can't see, we can't measure, we can't count. He said, you guys make, set the bar so high for those people, but you don't even do it yourselves. You're trying to help people, but you've got these trees in your eyes. He calls them whitewashed tombs. It's, it's all dead and rotten on the inside, but on the outside it's polished. So who is the greatest sinner in any case here? We don't know. We can have a nice debate, but we don't know. All we know is a sinner of hypocrisy. Christ hates it. It's called the leaven of the Pharisees. And you can't see it. So they're not sleeping around like the harlot, but who sinners was? The point is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The point is that when a person comes to Jesus, Simon the Pharisee, the other Pharisees, or this woman, the prostitute, if that person should come to Christ and they are overwhelmed by the depth and the depth of their sin, and they fall before him and they cry out, Lord, I cannot carry my life anymore. You have to come. The wages of my sin is so big. They will love him with all their heart. And each person here, not one person, should not be overwhelmed by the weight of your sin. You cannot pay it. The battlefield is level. The question is, do you think that you don't have a lot of sin and you're in trouble. But if in, go back to the beginning, this warrior heart, this man that's empowered by God, this woman that's overcoming sin and doing great things for God, if there's not a heart that is overwhelmed by sin, there's problems. Because what scripture says, then you cannot love. Then you cannot love. Because it's only when you are overwhelmed or impressed by your sin that you are much more overwhelmed and impressed by Christ who must come and wash you of it. 
And churches that's not talking about sin, they're robbing the people of the ability to love. The greatest work ever done for you was when Christ, which is the washer of feet and sins, came and washed your sins away. And if you cannot say, man, I can't believe I'm forgiven because my sins, there's so much. If you cannot say that, you need to go to your heart and figure out whether you have a relationship with God. If it's in us a thing, a self-righteous thing from, you know, I'm not that bad. You know, I'm navigating. Watch out because you're very close to the, to the edge. You cannot work your salvation. It's what Christ is saying. And so even though this woman is on her knees washing, she's, she's shot past these Pharisees in the kingdom. Bah! The heaven knows her name. The one who are forgiven more is the one who loves more. Are you overwhelmed by your sin? It's good for a moment if you say, but the grace overwhelms my sin. It's bad to say my sin, my sin, oh, I'm such a bad person. You stay that. That's not the gospel. Please, I'm not saying that. Okay? What I am saying is be overwhelmed and in shame. Be joyfully glad that someone came and he will wash over it. Three truths for us from this scripture. Number one, repentance, not perfection, reveals the kingdom of God. Listen to what Jesus said. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. His rulership has come, therefore, repent. When hearts say, I've got so much sin, forgive me, the kingdom of God is there. When a heart says, I'm, I'm a, Simon, I'm, I'm okay, that's a sin that the kingdom of God is not at work. So in church, it's okay for us if there's a part of us that remains broken before God. As long as from that brokenness, our voices comes up and says, Lord, only you, and yes, you can. Are you with me? Number two. In a world of upholding your social image, like in that room, it is the sinful, messy, and repented heart that is upheld by Jesus. As a more look at this woman. Here you have the meal planned. The lesser people sit against the walls. Wonderful food. You've got me from the temple. I'm quite impressed by the setting. But let me tell you what. If I have to uphold one thing from today, it is that woman right there. Look at her. She loves much. So, and I said it about a year ago as well. I am sorry if in this church, because it, it will happen, Okay? or in any other church that you've been before, you came into a community that held themselves up as perfect and made you feel bad about yourself. It was not the kingdom of God ministering there. Because it is when the community are broken that Jesus says, look at her. I'm not saying weak. Okay? I'm talking now about that vulnerable part in here. 
And so when the band says, listen guys, let's take a moment and repent of our sins. You should not, be, you should not wait a second to know, oh Lord, this heart, this heart is so far away. Just draw me in again, wash me again. You should not stand with the mournful tunnel. You should be very close to the fact that you have a broken heart. And constantly be able to turn to God from there. Are you with me? So watch out that we don't move. Watch out that we are not here like the Pharisees. Look at what that woman is doing. Let's make sure that, <laughs> that this is us here. This is your heart in worship and that's why you reach out. That's why we sing. We're not trying to to do nice stuff here. We're trying to create an opportunity for you to say, listen, he's not, Jesus is not here. You can't come with your hair and wipe his feet. But he's here in spirit. So there's opportunity when we worship. We say, God, you did it for me. It's your moment. Okay? It's your moment to express your heart to him. Number three, last one. When we repent of our real sin, real love emerges in this place, in that small group, in your home. It is only after real repentance that the strongest love of all arises. And you need to see that this is exactly the opposite than what we get in the world. Okay? So, the, the whole spirit of the world teaches you to uphold your highlight, your best make-up make moment, and show that to the world. Look, no one wants to see how you look when you wake up. Please don't misunderstand me. Okay? Your husband loves you that way. But we are being conditioned to show only the parts of us that is 100% clean and it's worldly. Because in a room where a lot of people showed their best, Christ lift up the one who was the dirtiest and said, that is the one. What does that say to us as a church? It says actually that the bravest person, listen up, this is very important, the bravest person, person is the one getting down and talking about their sin because it's great risk doing it the pharisees think they've got it together no the bravest one in the room is the woman to confess one's sin is extremely brave it shows a heart of a warrior so what does it mean for us it means that if we can be a church Listen, we people, we're going to make mistakes, but if we can have this vision where we are a church at the feet of Christ and we are crying, and C.S. Lewis calls it hot water, okay? We are spilling hot water, okay, because of what Christ has done for us. When other broken people come in, it's so easy to put your hand out. But if we are a church that dwells here, You know that look? And they started, guys, this side. I know. 
Maybe not the exact same situation, but I know what it feels to be broken. Because you know what? Even though it looks like a lot of stuff in my life has healed, if I look in, I know I'm still a broken man. Christ lifts you up. I'm with you. Don't worry. Our timelines just differ. He had five years to heal me. You're starting day one. We can still do it together. Can you see that? So church will either be a place where people get examined or welcomed. And we will fall between the two because we fell. But let's have our hearts up and let's repent and come back quickly. Repentance, not perfection, reveals the kingdom of God. In a world of upholding your social image, it is the sinful, messy, repented heart that is upheld by Jesus. And when we repent of our real sin, real love emerges. Amen. Let's stand up tonight.